Good evening, everybody. It is Monday, April 30th. No, it's not. It's Monday, April 29th, 2013, and this is 10 Dozen Minutes with Jake and Mr. Skullhead. I'm Mr. Skullhead, and Jake is right here next to me. We can pretend. Yeah, it's easier to pretend. It's fun to lose and to pretend. And your tone is so much more dulcet. Good. Now that it can go into these headphones, quality headphones. Mm, equality headphones. <laughs> yes, equality headphones. They uh, the left the left one is female and the right one is male and that's fine. And you know I what? Mean, the left one is only seventy five percent the volume of the right one, but <laughs> that's all it can handle. I was going to say they were both equally as good as, and I was going to be all uplifting, but uh, mm-hmm. no point in that now. Separate but equal. Yeah. Each uh, each headphone has its own water fountain. <laughs> uh, how you been, Mister Skullhead? Let's see, it's been a... We, we had an interesting couple of days, I feel like, as far as weekend goes. Like, There's never anything that happens during the week, so I always just would go right to what did we do like three days ago. Like, there aren't any amusing preschool stories or, I don't know, stories about poop getting on different things. <laughs> I guess he's a little old for that. Yeah, but then we got a dog, you see. Uh, okay, yeah. Gotta meet that poop quota. The uh, boy, the cats are um, determined to claim my office for their own, even if that involves shitting. Especially if that involves shitting all over the office. Huh. That's weird. I've never. I've only seen cats piss in inappropriate places. Yeah, the first time that the dog was down here, like he was down here for a day while I was working, and the next time that I came downstairs and into the office, there were like three different shits in the office. You're sure they're not dog shits? Yeah, I've become quite the connoisseur. <laughs> I, I certainly know the difference. Keep them in there at the same time, the dog will just eat the cat shit as it comes out. But will the cats eat the dog shit? Because if not, then we don't have the perpetual motion machine that I think we're striving <laughs> for here. Right. Ah, oh, boy. Well, sorry about that. Jesus. Yeah, so I'm, I'm just keeping the door closed down here, and it's fine. It, uh, it would be better if none of that were happening. But you know, mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, we had a cool, uh, cool evening on Friday night. We ended up uh, going to a friend of ours' birthday at a Mexican restaurant in the cool part of town, Ooh. Uh, where we're a little too old to be, but we're there anyway. Um, like uptown is kind of the hipster part of Minneapolis. So, like, it's after you've gone to the university and you've been in dinky town which is next to the university then you move to uptown when you're in your early 20s so that you can have your your like hip groovy and ironic life but uh we went to like a legit mexican restaurant there with uh legit mexican karaoke so for the first half of the night our evening was just drinking and listening to people sing in spanish which was all right okay and and me providing amusing and accurate translations because any I think any song, probably in any language translated, sounds just kind of silly, mm-hmm. because the you never quite get the poetry of it. But uh, yeah, this especially so. But then somebody started singing in English, and we went, "Oh, that dude has English songs too. We should totally. It's English. S- I know this. We should totally sing some karaoke in our native language." So we did, and we sang it. Sp- I sang one in Spanish just for fun. But uh, it it was great fun. In a kind of a sloppy way, and we realized that the barrier of entry now to being a karaoke host has gotten low enough that there are just shitty karaoke hosts everywhere. 
Because it, like it used to be, you had to buy a bunch of CDs and then a bunch of equipment to play your CDs and print out books and everything. This guy just had like probably like a giant hard drive that he had filled with three different BitTorrents of every karaoke track ever, and then yeah. so he would just search and find it and play it through his laptop. Which means Trump's karaoke got shut down uh, for that reason. Yeah, well, you figure eventually, like, there's a reason why you have to buy the CDs. I mean, like, you the have thing to is, license the music, right? Who? Yeah, you do. I mean, and and I don't know who comes after you for that. Is the thing? Like, do the karaoke music distributors have spies that they send as secret shoppers to karaoke nights? Because Jesus Christ, where do I go to sign a thing that makes it so I never accidentally get that job? <laughs> I wonder if it's the same people who are looking for unlicensed just music being played over a PA. Like the ASCAP. The ASCAPs. Hmm. You know, like the Association of Songwriters? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's... That, because that is a thing that seems like it would be really tempting to do. You know, even just as a bar owner, you don't think, oh, a jukebox, that's going to be real fucking expensive. Right. But I bet it is. Yeah. You know. I, uh, so her, her karaoke came back, they, uh, but they came back with like a quarter as many songs. So. So they got busted for some kind of copyright or rights violation. I do not understand, given what I have seen and what you've just described, why it costs so much fucking money to have a karaoke guy do a bespoke karaoke event for you. Uh-huh. Like, I, you know. You know, we talked about this, and you assured me that it was competitive, and so did a bunch of other people, but like... Yeah, I mean, compared to the person who's just got their laptop full of stolen songs, it's not competitive at all. You know, he was charging about twice what the other girl was, but like he had his own equipment, he had paid for all of his tracks. Yeah. You know? I mean, I get that that... I mean, I wonder how expensive that is, right? And I wonder how... Like, do you need to... Is it like 10 grand to get a stable of karaoke songs? Because if so, I could see you wanting to amortize that sooner rather than later well if you figure like CDs cost about as much as CDs used to cost like karaoke CDs are maybe 15 bucks a piece are they really? Mm -hmm. wow and you get 9 or 10 songs on a CD I mean that what that means to me is that every karaoke selection I've ever seen was probably $50,000 worth of songs uh huh which that strikes me as something that no one would ever pay $50,000 for, so I don't believe that it <laughs> was real. But, yeah, I mean, I guess if you're, like, doing it as a business, I don't know. It just, I will bet that it's more, like, nobody who starts out now is gonna buy a bunch of CDs, right? Because they, they're gonna get scratched up, and they're gonna get all fucked up. They will buy the... So, like, the MP3 that comes with the little visual file as well. Yeah. So you can get them on, a, like, a non-physical medium, but I'm betting just most people who start out now just roll the dice on getting caught and just torrent the... Right, and they hope they make enough money before they get caught that they can either go legit and otherwise they just quit. 
<laughs> yeah, if they're not too legit. Sure. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I sort of interrupted your story to start talking about this. So there was a bad karaoke host. <laughs> yeah, and it was a bad karaoke host. It was still a good time because the the vibe was just very drunken and sloppy, which is unusual for me doing karaoke. I am that asshole who would like to do a good job at it. But I don't I, think that that makes you an asshole. That if everyone was you, I wouldn't hate karaoke. You think you know? it's better to say like I'm going to take this at least seriously enough that I'm going to try and put put out something people are going to want to listen to? Yeah, I like being able to sing is a, I get that for most people the appeal is I don't have to be able to sing and yet I get to sing into a microphone in front of a bunch of people, right? Yeah, if I get if I can just get drunk enough, I'll work up the courage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I would prefer to not be drunk when I'm singing karaoke because I I'd want to put on a good show. Which like most people don't give a shit who's singing at karaoke. You're just kind of talking amongst your group of people. But Sure. Like it was nice for me though to be able to do it well. Because the past couple of years, the only karaoke I've gotten to do is in Phoenix. And I'm always just completely hoarse from the concert and smoking too much the night before. Right. So, I just, like, it bummed me out to think last year, God, there are probably a bunch of people who play KOL who have no idea that I could kind of sing when I put my mind to it. Yeah. Based on all available evidence. Yeah, I don't know. You never really... You ever put... You ever put, uh... Any of your recordings out there through our normal channels? Only the uh, rap that I wrote for Glebes. Hmm. I hope that somebody uh, actually buys that at the auction. I, I put another rap song up. Oh, yeah. Because that was, for, that was super fun. I keep fun. forgetting about the weird Airsats secondary Columbus. Right. I was going to go, but uh, Matt, Vaginal Bloodfart, dropped out, and then... It turns out Jess has an in-service day that Saturday, so she was going to be home all day, or gone all day and not able to stay with Ollie, and then we also had tickets to see Patton Oswalt on May the 3rd. Oh, okay. So, like, the half of my brain that was going, May the 3rd, we're going to drive to Columbus, and the half that was going, May the 3rd, we're going to Patton Oswalt, didn't talk to each other? Yeah, that's the problem with dates at any point in the future, (laughs) you know, is that they don't uh, talk to each other. The way that I avoid stuff like that is by typically being within earshot of Kevin when I'm planning anything. Right. Because he, I think, has a thing on his phone that tracks everything I'm doing. Wait, like times. everything you're doing? Like every yeah, like time every you take move a shit, I make, every... Every breath yeah. you take? It's like that dream pantsless had about the hotel that offered the service where when you woke up, you would have a receipt of all of the farts and boners that you got while you were sleeping. <laughs> It was two different... I don't remember if it was two different dreams about the same hotel or two different dreams about hotels, but one of them had a wireless shower head. You could just take it anywhere, and the water would come out of it. Neat. Yeah, and then the accounting of all of your farts and boners. And and were they, like, were graphed, they charging for them? Graphed by intensity. I don't know. Huh. I mean, they're charging for the room, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, if they were, if there was some kind of bill per boner or per fart... Oh, Bill Perboner. Uh, please vote for Bill Perboner as uh, your city ombudsman. <laughs> ombudsman. He's a... Uh, what's the other? Comptroller. 
Comptroller. Comptroller is another funny sounding thing you can run for. Yeah, it's a shame that you can't also run for concierge. Yeah. Because that would be the, the last one in that particular trilogy, I feel. Or trafecta. <laughs> um, well, cool. So what, what songs what songs did you sing this time? Uh, I sang me the uh, Baby One More Time, which is always fun to do with people who haven't seen it. Because they go, oh, look at that coming up. Who's going to sing it? What? That big bald guy? And then I sing it, and it's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I sang Two Solo Two, which is a, like a mariachi song that ended up being a good four notes higher than I was expecting it to be to start off with, so that was exciting. And ended with My Way, because that's like it's easy to sing, and it sounds really impressive, <coughs> even if you're you know, like just holding those notes out. Sounds cool. So, I mean, Frank Sinatra, not... Limp Biscuit. Did oh sure, <laughs> or I guess Sex Pistols. Did, here's a question: Was Frank Sinatra a good singer? It depends on what you mean. You know, like an opera singer would probably say that he wasn't, that he didn't have a big range or good breath control, and he wasn't powering his voice properly. Mm-hmm. But like, he sounded good. Yeah. I just wonder, I mean, did he write his own songs? No, not at all. Okay. That's... I mean, neither did Elvis, right? Yeah, no, I know. I mean, and that's... That, like, I, I don't give a fuck about Elvis. Like, huh. I, I... And I... What I learned is there's almost nobody that I develop a respect for as a musician and then find out later that they didn't write their own songs. Huh. And I don't know what... I don't know what it is. Like, I think there's something that I want out of music that requires that. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, speaking of which, I just heard an Amanda Palmer song that I liked. Ooh. Was it the one about how everyone should feel sorry for the Boston Bombers? N- no. I, so, what got me, what got me looking into this was uh, there's a Metafilter thread that's like, why does everybody hate Amanda Palmer? Yeah. And then, the, like, because it's the internet, it was glad to reply with several litanies of reasons. Nah. Um, but so that the, they they talked about there was, and then there was a Jezebel article that was like the three reasons we're over Amanda Palmer. Oh wow! Uh, and so it was just like some the the problem that I have with the internet's reaction to Amanda Palmer is like. One, it, it, I guess it's multifold. One, it's okay to not like stuff, right? It's okay for there to be stuff in the world that you don't like. Sure. Right? You don't have to, you don't have to throw a fit about it. But I do that a lot, right? I probably go off on screeds about a lot of things that I don't like. And it would be okay if I just ignore Although I don't think that I do that about, like, a band. So much. Maybe I do. Fuck, I don't remember. Man, I... I, I've spent six or eight hours a week for the last five years just saying shit. And there's a record of all of it, so anytime I contradict myself, I'm sure that if it was a significant enough contradiction, somebody will correct me. But, you know, I, I get real pissed off about gas pumps, yeah. but I can't just ignore gas pumps, right? I have to play that game. Yeah, well, like they, they to, impact your life. In a way, or I they have to listen life. to that song, yeah. yeah. And, and I mean, you know... 
the only time that I've ever experienced any real serious emotions about Amanda Palmer, it was when somebody linked me to, and I think that this was just somebody using the internet for its current primary purpose, which is to just put things in front of the people who would be the most outraged by those things. Uh Her guttural mongoloid cover of Two-Headed Boy. I think you mean Two-Headed Boy. Yeah. Um, That made me pretty angry. Uh, And I'm almost angrier about that having heard a song by her that I liked because I was like, hey, here's a song where you're just singing. Maybe try that all the time. Right. Instead of grunting. You know. So it was... The, the thing that drew my attention to this song that I heard that I liked was one of the things that was upsetting people. One of the recent scandals uh, uh, Amanda Palmer was embroiled in was this album that she did with Jason Webley where the, the story of the album is that they found this set of conjoined twins and that this was that set of conjoined twins album and they performed like wearing like a two-headed dress and were criticized for it being ableist um which wow yeah like like i don't i think what might have happened is it might have been one of those things where somebody was like hey you know as a person who is an uh uh, uh, uh what do you what do you even call it Conjoined. What would you call a person who would go around getting pissed off about that on the behalf of conjoined twins? Uh, uh, an yeah, ally, an ally of the conjoined, and not an activist, not an evangelist. Yeah, but, like uh, an ally. Ally but, word. Uh, uh, fuck. There's, there's just there is a word that I can't. Like a lobbyist, but for a, like a more social cause. I don't fucking know what word I'm missing. Anyway, somebody was like, hey, you know, this is kind of insensitive to people who, you know, who are conjoined twins. And then she was like, fuck you, faggot. Who was she? Then I could see that creating a, a, you know, a little bit of a controversy. But like, yeah, so I was like, oh, man. Okay, well, I really like Jason Webley based on the limited amount of exposure that I've had to Jason Webley. He's another person I could understand why somebody wouldn't like. Hmm. Do I know anything about Jason Webley? I doubt it. I mean, I think you would listen to it and you would think, well, this definitely fits with your rubric, which is you only like male vocalists if they are really bad vocalists. Well, no, like, I like Neutral Milk Hotel probably as much as you do. And I really like Mountain Goats, and he is, like, by all accounts, his tone is pretty goddamn nasal. Yeah. So maybe I should check that guy out. How is he as a songwriter? I have a feeling... I, I actually, I've, I, there is one song by him that I really, really, really like called Map. Um, everything else I've heard has been like, okay. I imagine, based on seeing pictures of him, that I would probably really dislike him if I hung out with him. Yeah. You know, eh, just walk away, be fine. Anyway, they, so I was like, well, I'll, I'll listen to this. And the first track, the title track on this Evelyn, Evelyn album, is, I thought was pretty good. You know, it was it was like definitely like a gimmicky kind of thing, but that's oh it's okay for a you know a gimmick album to have a gimmick. <laughs> anyway, and I thought it was pretty good. Anyway, she also sarcastically suggested that people would be better off giving money to the clan uh, in a tweet, and then got got I don't know run out on, onto a clothesline for that. 
Jesus. Which, like, none of these things individually are something that you would be pissed off about if it wasn't about somebody who... I mean, it seems like maybe she just goes out of her way to be really divisive. Is it that there are people who don't like her music, and so... Like, if somebody they liked had, like, had volunteer musicians on their tour, they would have been fine with it. But because it's Amanda Palmer, whose music they don't like, suddenly they're, like, a musician's rights advocate? Yeah. Or is it just because she raised a million dollars on Kickstarter? I'm sure sure that that's part part of it. Part of that's just, you're successful, so fuck you. I find that a lot with people that I like. Like, Amanda Palmer, I can't fucking stand. But, uh, like, Zach Braff, the internet just hates the fuck out of that guy. Yeah, I don't understand that at all. I have to remind myself, like, oh, no, no, this is another little pocket universe here in the internet. It's not like everybody in the world suddenly hates Robin Williams and Zach Braff and Anne Hathaway. Like, as hard and as obsessively as these people do. Does the internet hate Robin Williams? Yeah, because he's, you know, he did routines in the 1980s that, when you look at them now, are homophobic. Oh. I don't like Robin Williams, but I don't remember why I don't like Robin Williams. Is it because you felt like Jumanji didn't do justice to the picture book? I've never actually seen Jumanji. Hmm. I kind of don't want to ruin it because I love the idea of it so much. Have you read the book? No. It's a pretty little book. It's a just like a kid's picture book. The guy like who a, does like it, like a Good Night Moon or a Where the Wild Things Are, kind of. Yeah, the guy who does it. He also did the Polar Express and a, and the Mysteries of Harris Burdick. Okay. Where he just does these really intricate and evocative pencil drawings. Hmm. So yeah, they're amazing. Oh well, I should check that out then. I did not realize that there was any source material. I I think that I just feel like Robin Williams is I want him to just shut off sometimes uh-huh. and I get this and I, and I that is probably just because so much of my early exposure to him I was doing a shitload of cocaine oh no I'm sorry he was doing a shitload of cocaine <laughs> um, you, you were probably not doing enough campaign and I didn't like the campaign cocaine ca- campaign I was it was it was during the 88 campaign yeah and you weren't drinking uh, enough champagne yeah uh I I hate the, the the sort of like I'm going to do 50 different voices style of just crazy high strung performance. Uh-huh. And and I think that drove me a little nuts. I know why I hate Billy Crystal. And it's because he was the only bad thing about the Princess Bride. God, do you think so? Yes, I do. Wow. And I know that a lot of people disagree with me and I don't want to get into it, but but whatever. Um, no, I don't yeah, really I, argue I don't that stuff I, anymore. I just go, oh, wow. Okay. Amanda Palmer lives on the internet, right? And that yeah. is a that is a, a dangerous place to live if you don't want to get called a lot of names. And maybe that's it, you know? I mean, I just wonder if the world has so far advanced beyond me that I'm oblivious to the fact to how insensitive it is to portray conjoined twins or if these people are really just flipping their shit over nothing I mean because I used to think like somebody who 
flipped their shit over somebody saying faggot was flipping their shit over nothing and the world just moved on to the point where nope I can no longer say that I am a good person and doing things in good faith if I'm just going to say faggot all the time so I wonder is there anybody that we can make fun of anymore god damn well, it well I wonder I mean I wonder how real that actually is right so like when I when I was in San Francisco this last time and exposed to a little bit of television there was that the Giselnik offensive show which mainstream media doesn't have any problem doing stuff that if I were to believe the the bubble that I live in is unconscionable right and and I, I don't know what that means, right? I don't know if that I don't know if that means like, well, okay. So do I want to believe that the people on Metafilter are advanced beyond normal culture? Because in a lot of ways, the reason that I read Metafilter is because it's not going to be like fuck yeah NASCAR, you know, but it's going to be a little more high minded. Hmm. I think it's I think it's maybe the fact that we're in this weird middle ground, right? Yeah. It's like. Yeah, I don't know. Like, we're people who want to be reasonable people of goodwill who don't offend people for no reason. Yeah. And so, the first reaction on hearing, like, my God, you made a joke about rape, you do know that's never okay, is to go, oh, come on. I'm a reasonable person of goodwill. I'm not out to offend anybody. I thought that that was an appropriate use of the... And then you learned that, no... You should never talk ever again. So I wonder, like, has it gone that far? Like, is it not okay for them to do this album as if they were a set of conjoined twins? That is just such a weird thing to get bent out of shape about. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I I could get that it's not okay to imply that there is something wrong with being gay and it's not okay for there to imply that there's something wrong with being black but it is in my mind it is okay to say that there is something wrong with somebody who's in a wheelchair and what's wrong with them is that they're in a wheelchair right and so it's not like to to deny them basic human rights would be just general discrimination but to say, hey, everybody, come to our fun jumping around party is not actively discriminating against them, right? And I don't think that this was a caricature about, like, the idea of a, like, conjoined twins as as a sort of a literary construct are pretty far removed from, as far as I know, all but maybe three or four actual instances of conjoined twins who were mostly full-bodied and two different people connected together. Yeah. Right? Like, I think the reasons that you know about a handful of sets of those is because that's all there were. Right. And that shit is crazy weird. And, you know, and... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying put them in a cage and charge people a nickel to look at them. Like, that is not okay. But... A depiction of that is not unconscionable. You know? Yeah, I... You get a similar kind of reaction when somebody who can walk plays a character in a movie that's in a wheelchair. Kind of thing. 
But I, I think in this case, like a portion of that is usually why didn't they get a guy in a wheelchair to do this? And I think we know why they didn't get conjoined twins to record the album. Right. <laughs> but I also think, I mean, I don't think that the world has moved on to the point where that's not okay. I think there were like five people who would have bothered to say, hey, this is not okay. And then the internet decided to just argue about it for a really long time. I mean, I guess if their whole album was, we're a couple of pieces of shit because we are conjoined twins who are fucked up and cursed by God and should die... Mm-hmm. Then uh, I guess that's a slander. Oh right, this was actually a collaboration with Trent Reznor. <laughs> Heads yeah, like man. holes, black as your souls. <clears throat> man, I saw so- somebody in the Metafilter thread was like, Amanda Palmer was an asshole for doing this Kickstarter because I'm pretty sure her husband is a millionaire, and why didn't he just give her a million dollars? It wasn't precisely that, but it was like. Yeah, it, it was that, like too. similar to the thing like what the fuck Zach Braff you are an actor so you obviously must have infinite money why are you asking people for money it's like well because that's one of the ways you get money to do stuff right and like if if you if you can get help get enthusiastic help from people who like you enough to give you money why shouldn't you do that yeah, that was a bizarre crit- critique of it. It was the, well, obviously you have all that mad Scrubs money. Like, even if he's sitting on $2 million, it does not behoove him to just put that $2 million into his movie immediately. Yep. Like, of course you should try and raise funds for your movie. And, and of course you should, you know, if your fans want to give you money. It's really weird that the hatred of him spilled into... Well, nobody should give him money. Christ, look at the comment thread on this Kickstarter. All these assholes talking about how great Garden State was. When that was a big piece of shit. Why are we paying him to make another piece of shit? And I'm thinking, you know what? Fuck you. When I was 25, Garden State was great. Yep. And, you know, now that I'm 35, it's a little bit silly. But I... But, I mean, he was... I'm interested in what he he has to say next. He was that age when he made it. Yeah. You know? And so it's like, somebody who can make something that speaks to you in a time, maybe he can do it again. The the thing that makes me... I didn't back it, and the reason that I didn't back it is because he's like, oh, yeah, I wrote this with my brother, and I don't know anything about that guy's brother. (laughs) This might just be... It might be that he didn't want to stake the money himself because he was just doing this whole thing as a favor to his brother. I don't know. He seems like a nice enough guy that he wouldn't tell me if that was the case. I didn't back it because it was pretty obvious early on that it was going to fund. Yeah. So there was like, well, okay, everybody who's really passionate about this is making it happen, so I'll just watch it when it comes out. Yep. What did you think of the, the logic that... So people are paying you, and they're getting, like, a, a webcast, or, you know, basically nothing in return for the $10 thing, but they're just making it possible so that you can make a thing that you can then sell to them. I mean, and that's I shitty. Think, like, what? I think that that's what Kickstarter is, uh-huh. right? And it's while if it is practical to give the person who backs you at a rate that makes it practical, the thing that they're making possible by backing your project, I don't want Kickstarter to be limited to things where that practicality is required. Right. And so I think this is fine, you know? I've backed uh, a couple of movies that were that way, where, like, 
your $15 level, which is about what I'll spend on something like that, is a production diary and some photos or something. And then maybe the movie will come to a theater and then I can pay five bucks to see it. Like, that's fine with me. Yep. I mean, in a way, I kind of feel like you're you're doing a little bit more to improve the world if you go and see the kind of movie that you want them to make in a theater because you don't need to tell Zach Braff that you like his movies. You need to tell Hollywood that Zach's Braff movies are good. Zach's right. Braff. Zach's Braff movies. Have I have I shown you this collection of Braff movies that I made? <laughs> uh, they're just a bunch of pictures of me in various scenes that Zach Braff has been in. Oh, so like you, you got some uh, shirt that matches the wallpaper in your Yeah, bathroom. yeah, yeah. I'm just basically, I am playing the part of Zach Braff in replicas of a bunch of publicity stills of Zach Braff. Have you done a Kickstarter campaign to make a photo book <laughs> full of your Braffness? <laughs> You know, I don't run into that because I have not... I mean, I'm like you. The reason that I didn't back this is because I was like, all right, this is clearly going to raise the money that it needs. If it had been halfway through the month and they had been three quarters funded, I would have probably considered kicking yeah. some money at it. I probably would have pledged it and given a given it a shout out. I only have backed a handful of video game projects that were already funded if it was like, yeah, you know, I... I have faith that this is going to be pretty good, so I will just treat this as a pre-order. And it right. will just be like a weird surprise sometime in 2017 when this actually comes out. You know, that's going to be the, that's going to be the interesting thing about the next couple of years is it's just going to be like weird random Christmas. Yeah, I'm waiting on a, a ring that has a spinner on it that's dice. Mm-hmm. And um, tiny replica of a 35 millimeter projector that pulls pictures off of Instagram and they print them on little wheels for you to to show them to people huh yeah <laughs> that, that's weird yeah well like the guy said he he missed having a physical medium and a, a way to show like a little slideshow so he made this thing like a little LED light and a lens to focus it to focus it and I'm Canadian and a battery and figured out how to print the little slide wheel on a single cell of like 35 millimeter film and then like laser cut it and stick it in a little plastic thing that you can chunk into the projector huh so you just like i am a giant with a normal size piece of equipment from the 1970s <laughs> like i couldn't pass it up it looked just so cool like completely useless but so cool right you know if somebody made if somebody kickstarted i backed that weird cube that you can program to turn different colors and just stare at it while you're tripping balls and it (laughs) didn't it didn't get funded but like if somebody was like hey this is like a cheaper version of that matmos projector that boozer bear had Mm -hmm. i kind of want one of those i don't want to i don't want that one you know, I don't want to find one of those on Craigslist. I would like one that was smaller and less hot and uh-huh. was maybe software instead of discs filled with oil. But, like, I like weird colored shadows. Why not? I don't know. I feel like why once not purchase you get, a machine that would put them on a wall. Once you get to the software instead of disc filled with oil, you're losing the point. Well, no, because I still want it to be a standalone device. I want it to be a thing that I can put somewhere... 
you know, yeah, I don't want it to be a thing that I'm watching on my computer screen. Yeah, well, like you, what you want is a projector I, to to hook sure. up to like visualizations on Winamp, right? Yeah, or be able to write my own. Yeah, yeah. I would still like just the the various colors of oil. Is that thing was great to stare at while completely not under the influence of anything else? Oh yeah, no, it was really like until the I, entire room started to spin. Yeah, I enjoyed like when everybody was outside on the patio. I liked occasionally like all right. I'm going to go recharge my batteries a little bit. I'm going to go inside and I'm going to sit on this couch and I'm going to stare at these shifting patterns of light on the wall. And it's going to be great. <sighs> hey, do you want to answer some questions about the Kingdom of Loathing browser-based internet video game? Hey, that sounds like a great idea. Glebes, right? You're still recording these on Monday, even if they aren't released until Wednesday, right? Uh, yes. They're technically released on Tuesday on this thing that you might have heard of called Radio KOL. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You haven't heard of that. Um, I should, I should be able to, no processing really has to happen. Like the, the file, this is not like video games, hot dog, the file that I give to the radio people to broadcast is the file that goes directly into the feed and there's no other work attached to it. So I should Uh be able to get to those pretty quickly. Have you thought, he continues, about what's going to happen with the next Mr. Store tome? Clipart raised the bar pretty high for what the inascension power of a tome is. Might I suggest a tome of creeping power that summons one of the ascension handy Clipart items, depending on what level you are? Hi. I am dreading having to do another tome because we went so fucking nuts with Clipart. That was a really good item of the month. I'm really proud of it, and it sold really well. And it's a shame that I think it kind of broke that design space but you know I mean maybe we just don't do another tome or we do another tome where you get to pick what you want out of it and it's just there for people who don't have a clip art tome but I don't think there's that many people who don't have a clip art tome and still play a lot Uh, Cannonfire 40 retrospective on the sea go a retrospective is going to be tricky. Um, because <laughs> It's at least going to have a long pause. Yeah, it's going to have a big gap in the middle of it. So, like, <clears throat> the C was supposed to be a thing where we could just do some work and put it out there. And it's like, all right, let's do like we did back in the day in just a new zone every day. But then once we got to the point where you had most of the family... And it's like, all right, well, now what do we? where do we want to go with this? Oh, it'd be great if there was a Merkin city and there were, like, two different pathways that you could take to fight two different bosses, and then there'd be this big culminating thing. Like, that would be fucking rad. But then that turned into a thing that we could not do a week at a time. Right, right. Right? And so we did a bunch of work on it that I wasn't real satisfied with. Like, we came up with some stuff, came up with some systems... And then it was just like, well, we've done, you know, I did all the art, you did all the writing, but as I was as I was putting it together, I didn't really like the way that it played, and so I just kind of ran out of steam, and everybody was bitching about the sea not being fun, and so we just sort of like, eh, let's focus our energy on something else, you know, and it just became this kind of albatross. You yeah, know, there's a there's a decent amount of inertia that builds up around something once. We've stopped doing it for a minute. Yeah, I shouldn't. I shouldn't describe it as an albatross. I mean, it it 
it's not like it was constantly weighing on me. It's just that once every three months, somebody would ask in a radio show, and I'd be like, yeah, we probably ought to do something with that. Um, yeah. So let's just let's just look at his uh, his questions. What was the design philosophy for the Merkin Temple? Um, and somebody somebody later asked because I had said something about it, my plan being that the temple would be longer, um, and asked what I left out, like what got removed from the temple, and. A lot of the time, if I say that I had a plan for something to be longer and then we ended up doing something shorter, it's because nothing ever materialized to be removed. Like, one idea that I had for the temple was like a puzzle, but it wasn't a very good puzzle. It was just the temple was divided up into five different things that you could click on, and they took a turn, and they gave you an effect and you had to have all five effects to fight the boss, uh, but each one of them, there was one that gave you one turn of one of the effects, one that gave you two, one that gave you three, one that gave you four, and one that gave you five, and you just had to figure out what order to click them in so that you'd have one turn of all the effects. And That, that is like a, a me-level puzzle. And it's, I mean, that wouldn't really be a fun puzzle to play. Right. You know, so it just didn't, you know. I mean, that would be an, that, that's still like a thing that could be used for like some weird Easter egg somewhere, but it's like, all right, well, we know that we're going to want people to do this 12 times, right? Like we want this to be a thing that you potentially do after an ascension, ever, after, after every ascension for a while while you're doing it. Like this is a thing that, you know, we're, we're trying to gear for repeat play. So, you know, and then really what shortened it was like, all right, I want this to be done. I want... Because once I said, yeah, we could finish to see if we just spent a month on it. Once it was week seven, I was just like, all right, I just need to fucking finish this. Like, let's just finish this. That's good. Uh, if the adorable space buddy is from space where there's no air, why can't it breathe underwater? And if you're going to claim the dad sea monkey fight isn't underwater, please make it only cost one turn to remove the being underwater is slowing you down message from the fight. Yeah, I, I actually kind of want to make that not underwater because one of the things that happens when he clears your buffs is that you often don't have the ability to breathe anymore. Mm. And so what that turns into is just a one-turn tax if you're doing it right. Um, and, you know, for that reason, he says, can the old scuba tank please be viable even if you have other sources of breathing? It's super awesome. <sighs> you always can get another one later I think that might not be true I didn't want to I didn't want to make it available because I didn't want people to feel like it would they had gotten tricked into wasting money on something when they already had something that would perform the same function although I understand that it doesn't perform the same function because it's in a less useful equipment slot so um what's your view on casual run slash chaining as an element of the game it it would have been nice if we had been able to do the Shub and Yog fights and then had a week to make sure the dad fight was in shape. We knew that because chaining casual runs is a thing that we didn't, and so really maybe it was better that I had to finish it on time. Hmm. So... Um, you know, I... I, I Chain and casual runs is a weird thing. I it it consumes a shitload of resources and it disseminates meat. 
So I kind of like it in that regard. Server hit-wise, it's not that big of a deal anymore. So Are these, like, scripted in Mafia runs? It, his weren't. His was... His were almost entirely done by hand. Okay. Um, I, mean, I like that a little better. Yeah. Just, just for the... Keeping it real. He said he did use Mafia for the Battlefield, which I, I need to talk to him and find out what it was about it that made that make more sense than, like, just using combat macros or whatever. Um, who came up with the idea of the final boss of the sea? Hot Stuff clearly did the puzzle, I mean, but who decided on the final boss's identity? That was me. That was... That was me uh, smoking the reefer. That's where that came from. I didn't know... Part of part of the content that was going to be in the temple was you, like, finding him in the basement chained up to the ancient machinery like he was the source of all of the Merkin's malice or that he was being used to power the other bosses somehow but then I was like well we've got we've got a number of boxes and we've got a number of things to put in those boxes so why are we trying to fill two of the boxes with two of the things and find something other than the third thing to put in the third box hmm. so uh, having now done the entirety of the C 15 times, he continues, I have a request. Could you please, please, please let the old scuba tank be bought even if you have other breathing sir? Wait, you already said this. Um, also, sewer spamming sucks, but it's not that bad once you've done it six or seven times. I don't... What does that mean? It sucks, but only the first six or seven times. It doesn't get... any... easier, unless it just gets better once you start planning for it. Hmm. I'm curious what you mean. It'd be really nice if at least some lasso experience persisted across Ascension. It's the worst part of all 12 of those runs. Yeah, I mean, we, I, I, it was on the table to talk about that, and then we just sort of never did. Like, that was the thing where we just went with the status quo. Are there any other miscellaneous C updates coming? There will probably be, like, a couple days where I do some tweaks or whatever after there's been some more time to accrue feedback from dudes uh, is the outfit bonus for the clothing and loathing independent from its pseudo brimstone effect the way actual brimstone is no I did it uh, it is not uh, because I didn't realize that brimstone had another outfit bonus in addition to the uh, the already secret thing why do the sea monkeys not acknowledge the fact that you killed dad sea monkey is he abusive I'm concerned for my friend little brother here he's been gone for so long that he basically doesn't exist to them and he has always been there and never been there. Uh, who lives in the open window at the top of the Sea Monkey Castle? Oh, wouldn't you like to know? Uh, why doesn't Grandpa acknowledge your rescue of Mom? Because uh, I, I didn't look into how the Grandpa stuff works. <laughs> and have somebody write a new uh, story for it. And uh, as far as narrative justification goes, Grandpa is pretty senile. Yeah, he is. Uh, Matrix M writes, considering the name of the equipment the final C-Boss gives, it seems to signal an end of sorts to KOL. I mean, there will be new side content, paths, and items of the month, but do you not worry that the name of the outfit and its effects may have locked you in as to what else you can do? No. Nah. No, not at all. Uh, rollover aborts combat, but is it possible for that not to happen when fighting an ultra rare? If so, would you change it? No. I can't really explain why the answer to that is no. It's because I'm a butthole. Because I said so. 
Uh, WVO Quan says, anything else you were planning to put into the sea that you weren't planning to cram it? What? Uh, you mentioned that the temple was meant to be longer. What was cut? What else was cut? Yeah, no. I don't think so. I think that we expected there to be this fabulous wealth of ideas for stuff down there, and then we did, like, nine things, and were then like, nope, I guess there were just nine. I think <clears throat> with the sea, we also had, a, like, an enthusiasm gap with people. Where we thought, people are going to think this is awesome because it's hard. And it's like this standalone thing that you can do that's way more difficult. And you can bring all of your toys and your prowess to bear on it. And the response was mostly, we don't want to do this, it's hard. I think what we learned, though, is Uh, that it was a kind of hard that was not fun. Yeah. You know? And, And that that's... You know, I don't know. I'm curious. I'm curious as if we tried to do something else that was like the sea and just as punitive, but the punishments were framed a little bit differently if we couldn't, you know, account for that enthusiasm gap. Also, that's really no excuse, you know? It's like the fact that something... I don't think that it's reasonable to suggest that finishing the sea was a bad use of our time just because there are other things that would make people happier that we could be working on instead Mm -hmm. I think that that's certainly something that needs to be considered when we're doing a sort of a long term plan for what we should be spending our time on you know Yeah. but it's alright for us to indulge things that we think could be good uh, yeah, I think. Oh. Yeah. Following rabbit trails is never a waste of our time. Yeah. Uh, you didn't get to this last Monday, so I'm asking it again. Hey, Scully, I must thank you for cooking like your mom blog you made a while ago. I recently moved into a dorm, and your pancake recipe both kept me fed and helped me make friends with almost every single person on my floor. The others were the types who never left their room and therefore missed the smell of fresh pancakes wafting through the halls. Here's my question. With posterous shutting down April 30th, are you planning on moving cooking like your mom so as to avoid the reaping hook? I have tried to do the thing where you can pull a archive of the blog and I haven't been able to make it work so huh. I'm going to I'm going to keep trying. It's uh yeah, I mean it, that little blog it's a beautiful monument to my failure as a human being because it's got eight posts on it and my original goal was to run it for a month and make 30 posts and just have like here are 30 things that I eat for dinner that I can I can lay some kind of ownership to but I get turned out a lot of the stuff that I cook was straight off of recipes that I was getting online with very little changed about them and so I didn't feel comfortable going hey check out what I can make and then uh, several nights we we didn't make a dinner and I didn't have a backup and like kind of overestimated the degree to which my cooking had something to do with me I think it's like the eight things that are on there are things that I figured out myself and are good but I don't see it getting a whole lot more added to it I will uh, it looks like I just downloaded a an archive of it so yeah they had the weird thing where you had to request it and then go back the next day and get it or something yeah, I just saw it. So now I have a button that I can just download a 
zip file of it. I got backups of my two posters blogs, but I don't know that I'm going to put them anywhere. Oh, uh, but the the both of those actually, I really enjoyed. Yeah. The I would hate to lose the little drawings and the uh, the beer. Well, they're not gone, gone. Maybe I'll publish them as a book. Maybe I'll do a Kickstarter to publish them as a book. And uh, if you pledge $15, you get a digital copy of the pictures. Mm -hmm. And uh, then you can buy the book. Lightwolf says, what if you ask the players a question or two or a hundred? Is there anything you would want to ask about, for instance, how we do so many casuals? What are the player habits around a specific mechanic or any crowdsourcing projects you might request, like consolidating a list of certain items? I would ask... How many butts do you have on average? Do you suppose there's anybody... Because we're being insensitive here now. Do you suppose there are people that play KOL that are going to throw off that average? That have zero butts? Or two? I would think that two butts is anything but a handicap. Yeah. In fact, I feel like people with two butts are discriminating against me. Well, but then they have to buy two seats wherever they go. Sure. I guess they'd have to get a weird, like... Unless one of the butts is on their forehead. A tandem toilet. <laughs> Colbert says, Jick, you were talking slash complaining about your mortgage problems and not knowing which house had the problem. Why the hell do you need so many houses? Are they actually secret layers where you devious, nefarious supervillain plans? That was not a sentence. Um, you know, where you plans. Yeah. Uh, no, I, uh, the honest answer, the real answer to this question is that I, uh, based on decades of conventional wisdom, decided that over time, the, with the extra money that Asymmetric made, I would try to, uh, secure the company's future by wisely investing it in real estate. Um, and then that real estate was all like, fuck you, buddy. Everything is horrible. You're not getting any sleep. Um, because the real estate market just tanked. Sorry, that was my Amanda Palmer song. Radiant. <laughs> uh, oh, by the way, I got that taken care of, so they're not going to repossess my yard anymore. Neat. Uh, three fairly simple yes or no questions. One, is there a faster way to unlock the top floor of the giant castle aside from free runaways and fights? Nope. Two, is there a faster way to get the cobs down map in the outskirts aside from free runaways and fights? I don't remember. Three, would you lie when answering questions one and two, even if I nicely asked you not to? Note, please consider this me nicely asking you not to lie, please. Uh, I would not lie, I don't think. I cannot. Cannot tell a lie. Uh, Stumps McGee says, I am terrible at making up names for characters. Would you post some of the random name generators from Word Realms on the Asymmetric website like you did with hobo names? Oh. Yeah, that wouldn't be... That would not be hard. I don't I think. I think Stumps McGee is a lovely name. Yeah, Stumps McGee yeah, is a pretty good name. Don't sell yourself short. I mean, it's no splash fart. Right. And it it's, is no dog talk blade blade, so... I can see why you might want that. It's kind of a dog lord 420. It is. How much attention do you guys pay to players doing content for the first time, such as Cannon Fire 40? Um, I mean, I've been watching his forum posts. We don't, like, pour over his logs. Pour what what don't you pour over his logs? Yeah. How much attention do you guys pay to players doing impressive things never really done before? Also like Cannon Fire 40. And, you know, I was cheering. I was rooting for him and thinking he seems like a good kid. Uh, three, yeah, no, that's not three. Everyone seems to want to know more information about your design process, so I have two requests. One, 
For the June item of the month, would you be willing to keep track of all the steps, changes, developments, and restarts that an item goes through and then post that information after it rolls out? You know, I think that that would probably interfere so much with the process that it would render it no longer an accurate document of our progress, of our process. I could imagine, with with the exception of the, I mean, I guess there's notes from the conference calls. Like, if if I could, I could make a readout that showed all of the wiki posts, all of the dev logs, and all of the conference call notes over the course of developing something, and that would be, and I guess the work log too, and that would be a, a pretty reasonable way to reconstruct the process. But it would be a lot of work. To generate post hoc I have thought that maybe people would be interested at some point in uh, if I had a bunch of artwork to do hot stuff for Christmas got me this uh, got me this camera that uh, pretty easily does uh, time-lapse stuff and so if I had if I had something where there was a significant amount of art that I actually had to like edit like a like a container document and then a bunch of monsters and a bunch of items um, doing like a time lapse video of me drawing it and then a time lapse screen cap of me doing all the editing huh that that might be a thing that would be interesting to watch at high speed uh, for people and for me uh, two, can we get a form thread or something that's just a list of who wrote slash developed content as you release it similar to what you will sometimes do on the radio after some content rolls out that seems weird. I mean, again, I understand why you want that, but I feel like you could just ask and we would tell you. Uh, Wax says, is the next item of the month a maybe? <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> uh, I got a Manuel a couple days ago. How well have they sold since they came out? I don't actually know. I haven't looked. Uh, how often do you think it is reasonable for you to release a new permanent Mr. Store item? I like the Manuel. I would not want to do that any more often than every couple years. It's going to get cumbersome. Uh, Star18 says, hello. Well, hello, Star18. I have a question about content. Was there any content slash items added to the game that no one so far has found? Also, the sea is awesome. Great job on revamping it. Didn't really revamp it. I don't actually know if there is any content or items added to the game that no one so far has found. Hmm. Um... Kren von Salzburg says, a comment on the smartphone app thing. I think the ask for an app comes from an expectation that the app would be more efficient on the network. Uh, smaller, encoded, packed, uh, packed packets, no art being transferred, etc. That also answers largely why another party couldn't do it. The ideal app would have all the art, name tally, name tables, text strings, etc. And just have a short packet sent telling it what to display from its on-hand assets. Um, I don't... I mean, that might be why you would think about it that way, but I don't think... I think that's a, I think that's a niche interpretation. Um, given the increasing power of phones, larger screens, cheaper data plans, I think there's no real need for it anymore. A really tightly styled web page interface should work just as well and not need you to somehow push out updates to clients every time a new monster is made. Yeah, I am I am really against the idea of having a, a bunch of graphics and especially a bunch of writing in a packet that could be dug into on the, the, the user's local machine. 
Solazar says, any chance of an improved interface for the clan roster? I'm an officer in a large clan. Very occasionally, it's my job to promote or demote a member. Since the list is sorted first by rank and then by name, it's a bit tricky to find who you're looking for. The option for a pure alphabetical list by member name only would be nice. Ah, uh, shouldn't be too hard. It shouldn't be too hard. That's not really an answer, Mr. Skullhead. No. It's a... Well, it is an answer. Is it a... A satisfying answer? Maybe. Do I enjoy asking rhetorical questions and then answering them? Yes. Oh man, I forgot something that I wanted to uh, that I wanted to talk about before the uh, before the KOL segment of the show. On uh, this isn't actually very interesting. On Saturday we went to Salsa Fest again. Oh right, there was a lot of uh, there were a lot of Facebook activity on that. Yeah, this was the only time we've ever gone to Salsa Fest and not run into Skipperick at Salsa Fest. Huh. Um, apparently the people at Salsa Fest heard everybody complaining last year about how none of the salsas were hot and so this year everybody's hot offering was pretty fucking hot hmm. and also it was a real hot day and so that made it kind of unpleasant I have th- the part of my brain that wants things to be like logistically sensible just r- is revolted by the idea of Salsa Fest they is keep... it just people dipping chips into communal bowls? No, it is not. It is... you. There are all of these booths that are laid out. I don't really know how they're laid out. I never looked at a map, and I am just useless at formulating a mental picture of a space. Basically, a bunch of, you know, probably 10 by 10 or, or 12 by 12 tents uh, with people, uh-huh. people that are like, hey, this is our thing. This is our salsa. And then you go up, you get a little cup of salsa, and when you go, when you when you check in, uh, when you pay your admission to Salsa Fest, they give you a coupon for a bag of chips, and it's like a smallish bag of chips. We went up to the place where they were giving away chips, and we had already used our tickets. Then they just gave us some chips, and I said, "Are are you just giving these out for free?" And he said, "Sort of." And I said, "Oh, okay." I walked away. So I don't know if that's a thing that they just did because it was easier or what. <laughs> but the so it is a million fucking degrees because they always do it just when it starts to get unpleasantly hot. You go up, you get a little you get a little container of salsa, which if it is a salsa you don't like, you're not going to eat all of it. And even sure. if it is a salsa that you like, you're not going to be able to get all of the salsa out of the little container, right? Because you might not have the right shape or size of chip in your bag or whatever. And then there are these giant communal trash cans. In the middle of the in the middle of the aisles between the things, in you know every fifth booth, there's one of these trash cans, which just basically become equivalent to a cauldron of vomit, because it's just like a, boi- a boiling mixture of every salsa and garbage. People drop huh. the salsa. People throw their salsa in from eight feet away, and it just sprays salsa everywhere. It is so fucking gross. There's just vomit and bees. And I don't... I can't think of a better way to do this that doesn't involve using a bunch of materials that they don't have. Right? Because I'm sure that they have deployed every trash can that the park has. Sure. It's... There is a part of me that doesn't like seeing a ton of compost and a ton of plastic being thrown into the same giant container 
that part I'm content to ignore most of the time. Right. I I just there has got to be a way for you to sample a bunch of different salsas that doesn't involve you walking around in the heat and generating a tremendous amount of really inconvenient garbage. Hmm. Also, standing there, bag of chips in your hand, cup of salsa in the other hand, there's no fucking way to eat chips and salsa. So what you have to do is you have to figure out a way to like sort of hold the bag of chips in a couple fingers and then balance the little tub of salsa on a couple other fingers so you can use your other hand to eat chips and salsa. But then you end up spilling it all over yourself. So what you want is an indoor location with like the little round bar height tables and then somebody bussing the tables. Or even... I'm trying to think of a way that this would not get gross, but if there were higher than waist height garbage barrels that just had a hole in the top of them, right? And so you go, you set the thing down, you set your salsa down, like it's a table that is also a trash can, and that would get gross. It would start to smell bad. Sure. So there's no... So what you could do is you could just go into the porta potty, set the set the container of salsa on the toilet seat, just dip out of it that way, and then when there you're you done, go. just pour the salsa down the toilet. You could just uh, require everyone to drink the rest of the salsa that they get. Yeah. Like, I the fact that it's just a machine for that that entire event is a machine for wasting little plastic cups. Uh-huh. Right? It's just like, listen, I'm not panicking about us running out of oil or whatever, but this is like inconvenient and wasteful. And I can take waste if it's for the sake of convenience, but like, if it's just pointless waste, I'm just trying to think how you would do this. You could, you could have it in a big building and you sit at a table and then everybody brings you salsa in a salsa dish, right? Because I don't want to share a big container of salsa with the public, but if I went there with three friends, I wouldn't mind sharing a dish of salsa with my three friends. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you could switch to, like, Dixie cups or paper cups for the salsa, right? You could have a little chinette plate that has a, two spots to set your little Dixie cups of salsa and then your chips are on the plate so then you're just holding the, the plate. Yeah, that's true. And if everything's paper, then you can just kind of, kind of compost everything. You start a booth that sold a little plate like that, like a salsa mm-hmm. fest. That wouldn't be a bad... Okay, so here's what I'm imagining. Here's what I'm imagining. It is like a plastic pitcher that you fill with chips, and then on the outside of it, there are sockets for salsa cups. Yeah. Yeah. They do have an interesting thing. The way they determine who wins the salsa fest is whoever ends up with the most money in their tip jar, and the tip jar is all, all goes to charity. That's fun. Yeah. Like, I like that scheme. It's run by the Arizona Hemophilia Association, which I think is kind of gross. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Yeah, you know, this is like the chunky tomato sauce 
sold by the Arizona Hemophilia Association. All right. Lilac says, in the last radio show thread, I asked a question about uh, fights, which was poorly worded. Your answer roughly was, what? Better way for me to word it is this. In hardcore in particular, the main stat gains for miscellaneous combat is about a quarter or a third of a single power leveling turn in Spooky Raven. Because of this, the speed game is all about waiting for quest non-combat so you can go back to power leveling. In short, every combat you get while waiting for a specific non-combat is seen mostly as a waste of turn. This is also why Blankout is so good in softcore. Would doubling stat gains from combats be something you'd consider to make combat seem more worthwhile? Would it break anything else in the game? I don't know. I mean, in this light, given given this uh, this good definition of the problem, like, yeah? Maybe? I, I think something else would have to give, but they were discussing, certainly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tyrone Jones says, don't know if this has been answered before, but does the cane mail shirt increase the likelihood of the Halloween trick-or-treating ultra-rare happening? That has not been answered before, because it's a fucking secret. Kodrick says, Jake, here's some weird behaviors I've noticed in the kingdom that you'd probably rather discuss on Thursday, but I think it'd be hilarious to hear you and Skelly come up with justification for them today, too, and there are real questions later. One, if the Boner Dagon beats you up, Last Adventure doesn't take you to the hair of the Kirpt. Uh, that's, that's because a- he beats you into wherever you were adventuring next Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, after taking a trip at the shore, last adventure links to the shore instead of linking to the last zone you were in prior to your trip, which I guess makes sense, but the other behavior would be much preferred. Yeah, see, now that's a suggestion. That's not a weird behavior you've noticed. The last adventure there is taking you to the place you spent your last adventure. Yeah, you can't go on a vacation without having adventures. Otherwise, if a vacation with no adventures is a business trip. Uh, side case you don't need to talk about at all. Adventure again at the Sorceress Tower works exactly the way that I want it to. Okay. Uh, after using a star chart, you get a cool store that displays how many stars, lines, and charts you have, as well as how much different things cost. However, when you buy something, the numbers in the store window don't update. Now I know. That's because I made this thing, and then Scully was like, hey, you should put the display at the top of the store uh, instead of at the bottom. And I was like, I can do a copy of it up there. But then I realized it was an out-of-sync copy. Yeah. And I don't... I can probably fix that. Um, I, didn't I just wanted to help you guys. Sorry. Uh, no, I mean, if you if if you hadn't asked for it, other people would have. Uh, speaking of stores, how likely is it that a single uniform interface will be made for all stores? I find the large number of things you have to click on at Jarl's Kitchen or the Crackpot Mystic Shack to be really odd. Abstractly, I understand why those things are there, but I'm fairly certain uh, there are more streamlined ways to accomplish those goals. Yeah, I mean... It was meant to be more streamlined, but it's just not right. Like... An interface that works for all of those things is going to be less tailored for any individual one of those things than anything else. A lot of it is paving the way for you to be able to do all that stuff with chat commands, which is is doable now. You can get stuff from the Mystic with chat commands. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think if I had it to do over again, I would have made the NPC shop structure first where it's like, alright, so this is a store that either takes meat or lets you trade items for things. You know? Um, 
I've recently been trying to increase my ascension speed, and the single most important stat for me has become combat initiative. No, I think you mean how much hot damage you're doing, because Momocumentum is the best strategy. Thank you for displaying mm. this in Monster Manual. However, the picture is not practical as each image shows far too large a range. In addition, the time when I need to know the init of a monster during combat is essentially never. I need to know the highest init of a monster that I could possibly fight on his own prior to adventuring there. Is a reason that the init needed to get the jump on monsters isn't displayed by zone somewhere prior to adventuring there. This basically forces the player to use the wiki when playing close to the ML slash init edge. Well, I mean, the reason that that is not displayed anywhere is because where the fuck would you display that? Right? It, like... So this this discussion is exactly it, it exactly parallels the discussion that we had in dev when I was like, all right, fuck it. I've got a couple hours with nothing super pressing to work on. Let's add the additional information to Monster Manuel that people have been asking for. And then we started having the same conversation that is always why I decide not to do it. Right. So if you mouse over the initiative, thing, like I get that those icons are not that meaningful. If you mouse over the. uh the icon it gives you the exact bonus that the monster gets um which jesus initiative is fucking ridiculous mm -hmm. it is such a bad system um that i think if i had to do over again i would just eliminate there would be some monsters that got to attack first and there would be some monsters that didn't get to attack first and that's it because what we found in developing combat in word realms is that it's like it's fucking it, initiative becomes the most important thing, and that sucks. Um, can we get a list of in-game Monster Manuel's monsters by zone to see which ones we're missing? Yeah. Um, what I think the solution to this is, is you being able to right-click on a monster in the quest log Manuel and click show other monsters in this zone. And then have that, when you do that, it actually displays the initiative numerically. Um, what I didn't like was that we had f six things to display, and four of them were an icon and a number, and two of them were icons. Hmm. I don't like that. I don't like it. Okay, real questions. Jake, Avatar of Sword and Martini guy, this is not any more of a real question than any of the other stuff. Scully, I'm having a kid in a month. What do I need to know? Step, uh, you need to know who the mother is. Yeah, yeah. It's not as hard as you think. Having a baby is pretty easy. You're not going to get a lot of sleep, but baby will let you know. Like The, the reason why baby is crying is going to be either hungry or tired or needs to be changed. So that's super simple. Uh, enjoy the time when the baby is too small and uh, to underdeveloped to move like take it places go do stuff because it's going to be sleeping a lot take it on a lot, uh, of, not, it on a lot so. of airplanes so go ahead buy go ahead a huge it. stroller yeah don't buy a huge stroller um, buy a tiny stroller you know, you know what the best behaved Ollie has ever been on a flight was that first flight that we took out to see you when he was like three months old mm -hmm. and he was great you know, it, it's easier to fly with a baby under one than with a kid who's two or three. It's even easier if you put a ball gag in the kid's mouth. That's probably against some kind of law, right? Yeah. Why is it not illegal to put a ball gag in your girlfriend's mouth, but it is to put one in your baby's mouth? She's capable of giving informed consent. Yeah. I mean, I, you I mean, are asking for consent, right? But she doesn't. I mean, that... <laughs> 
Uh, both of you, what do you do when you run out of ideas for content slash items slash etc.? That has never and will never happen. I mean, if we're stuck on a specific, like, we don't know what to do for this item of the month, we will all go and play some video games and read some books and watch some TV and, uh, like, do other stuff until... We yeah, get an idea. a lot of the item of the month brainstorming happens because, like, in the second conference call of a month, somebody will say, oh, we should probably be thinking about an item of the month in the backs of our heads, and then we will maybe bullshit about some dumb ideas or dumb jokes or whatever, and then that will that will sort of get the... What I was going to say was get the jelly running. Uh, I don't Ooh, think that's a phrase. I like that. I think I'm just going to say that from now on. Yeah. We need to get the jelly running on this Age of Yours thing. Yeah. <clears throat> Both of you, a couple weeks ago you discussed the sun going down at 4.30 p.m. due to daylight savings. Where the hell do you live? Alaska? Daylight savings is supposed to make the sun go down later in the day, hence savings. Bro, in the wintertime, daylight savings, you fall back, so the sun comes up earlier and goes down earlier. And, uh, I mean, like, we live in Minnesota, which is just south of Canada, so I guess we're a little further north than some, but, uh, yeah, the sun starts going down around 4.30, and it would be 5.30 without daylight savings. And in the summer, it stays light until, like, 10 o'clock. Any plans to replace the shore? What are they? Would they include actual zones for the distant lands, the ski resort, and whatever the last place is? This is a tropical island getaway. That's the Tropical Island Getaway, the Ski Resort, and the Dude Ranch, yeah. Is it the Distant Lands Dude Ranch? I think it's the Distant Lands Dude Ranch, yeah. There's a lot of stuff in the Distant Lands. Yeah, there's that whole place that's like America, and there's this whole place that's like Japan. (laughs) Yep. Well, I mean, maybe the Distant Lands is just Earth. Oh, hey. The Distant Lands is modern-day Earth. And to serve man is a cookbook! Glebe says, hints foreshadowing about the new challenge path coming up, it's a cookbook! Uh, the Nuge says, In the last couple of years, you guys have done some amazing work on quest revamps in addition to everything else. Looking back, which revamp do you think has been the most successful so far? Which was the most needed? Uh, I think the level 9 was the most needed and probably the least successful. Ah. <laughs> um, uh, I was happy with the knob revamp. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that that didn't upset anybody it cleaned up a lot of stuff that bothered me. And I and I think the knob feels like more of a more of an ecosystem now than it used to. Yeah. Um I like McLarge Huge. Yeah. I I enjoyed that revamp. Yeah, it's pretty good. I like playing through that now. Are there plans in place to revamp the level eleven quest or is that on a back burner given the sea rolling in a larger form? Nah, it didn't really have anything to do with that. Level eleven is really complicated to approach, and I think that I think that what happens is instead of a just a big level 11 revamp there is a there is a slight reshuffling of the pirates there is a more obvious but less turn efficient way to get to the island at the appropriate level you know there's the the hippie who smoked his boat I think is just where I'm going with that um there is I don't know what else man there's a bunch of stuff. There's a bunch of stuff that should be better about that, and I think that it, you know, we'll just we'll just attack it a little bit at a time. 
Uh, the Sea is Awesome, says Scully Angel. I know it's very, very Lovecraftian, but Dad Sea Monkey also reminds me of a spaceship pilot in the book Light. Any influence there or just coincidence? I don't know that book, so uh, anything in particular is just going to be a coincidence. Uh, I'm guessing that I'm not going to be able to search for that. Um, light book science fiction. <laughs> light novel by M. John Harrison. Oh, good old M. John. Mm-hmm. Ed Chinese is that character. What is it about the like first initial in a name that just makes you sound cool? Makes you an author. Yeah, like J. Thomas Knight. J. Michael Straczynski. Better than like Joshua T. Knight somehow. Does it? Yeah, I think like the J J Thomas Knight has a ring to it. Yeah, in okay, a way that, I could see that. You know, like Z Ewing. Yeah, Johnson. Z Ewing Johnson. I that doesn't sound. That just sounds like a dick. Well, it also makes a word that's Zewing. Zewing, yeah. Which I'm not sure what that means. Uh, non KOL. What would be the coolest TV show to guest star on? You can pick a show that is no longer airing. I have no interest in being on television. <laughs> I would have. I'm not interested in being on television, but I would be interested in hanging out with like, let's say like the entire cast of Star Trek: The Next Generation, back in the day, or like, the entire cast of Buffy or Angel or Firefly. Yeah. Did you get to hang out with Xander at all at Phoenix Comic Con, or were you, you weren't even here? No. <laughs> I got a high five from him at uh, at uh, Dragon Con a couple years ago. Oh, good. So my life is complete. So uh, he must have he must have been uh, sober enough to actually know where his own limbs were. He <laughs> shouldn't make fun he of the guy because be he's got a better. problem, you know. But yeah, he's a conjoined twin. Yeah, I mean, to a certain extent, when one of your problems is you keep going to rehab, but it doesn't work. Mm. Like it's, I know that it's a disease or whatever, but like when when you have a disease that the cure is don't drink. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I don't even. I shouldn't even say anything about anything, ever again. Well, no, you shouldn't. Shouldn't say anything about that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Privilege. It's privilege talking. It's mm. privilege. You gotta check your privilege before you wreck your privilege. Mm-hmm. They need to. They need to invent the stomach bomb that only goes off when it encounters alcohol. Because hmm. that would Did- that would give a dude some willpower. I think. Did you say bomb or bong? Bomb. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, it's a stomach bong that makes it so when you drink beer, you also get super stoned. Like, I, sign me up. No, don't sign me up. That would be fucking terrible. So, if enough people got the stomach bomb implanted and ended up blowing up anyway, would we say that there's probably something wrong with them that's not just lack of willpower? Oh, Yeah. Let's do it. Sure, yeah. I think it's worth I think it's worth killing a few drunks to prove that theory. <laughs> We're taking volunteers. Yeah. Uh well hey, that was the that was the questions. Questions. Do we think that we've gone on long enough to call this a show? Uh, this is get, this is gonna be this? the question that we have now that we're pre recording. These can be as long or as short as they wanna be. We could do a show that was forty five seconds. They could also be as nasty as they want to be. It's true. But I then guess that was always they will the case. have to call us Miss Jackson. Right. 
Wait, who did the nasty as they want to be? Oh, two, two live, live crew. crew. Yeah, yeah. And then they were clean as they want to be on their uh, the edited version. As clean as it was. Which apparently they, they they wanted to be clean enough to be played on the radio. They went into they went into middle age and had some kids and stuff, and so they just they pulled a ice cube and went from AKs to kids movies. Is there anything in the radio booga bear that we haven't addressed? Oh yeah, there probably is. They went from AKs to KB. <laughs> You get it. Are KB toys still a thing? Because that would be great. Uh, oh, man, yeah, I don't know. Maybe nobody knows what that means. Hmm. I think that this view on the radio bugbear questions that I'm about to look at does not actually allow me to flush them when we're done. So I suppose I should log in to the Kingdom of Loathing browser-based internet game. Um, uh, there we go. Pobblebonk says, speaking of somebody who has more or less done perming skills, do you have any tracking on how many people have more karma than they can use? That is a bad sentence, Pobblebonk, because that implies that I am a person who has more or less done perming skills, which I guess is true. You should say, speaking of somebody who has more or less done perming skills, I have a question for you, colon. Uh, do you have any tracking on how many people have more karma than they can use? No, but I'm guessing it is no more than a handful. Um... ACM says, I recommend the Game of Thrones books as oddly historical fiction, which Martin sort of supports in his comments. A more real sense of how things actually were for the little people in feudal times, how huge events could turn on small decisions, a young man's impulsive marriage, the deep loyalties of a retainer, some mid-level lord's self-interest. It's huge, has way too many characters and other elements, and is not at all clear how he'll ever wrap it up to satisfaction, if he finishes it at all. But I've never been so gripped in my long, nerdy, book-loving life. Have at times been more concerned about the fate of Westeros than what my kids are up to. Honestly, try at least the first and see if you can turn away. There are some scenes and moments in those books that will stick with me for a long time, but I don't think I can ever watch the TV show. Go figure. I don't, you know, given the rate at which I'm making it through books, I don't know that I can commit to a series that I know I will not finish before I die. <laughs> Does it bother you that he might not finish it before he dies? No, not really. I don't think it's important that stuff like that get ended. Hmm. You know? It like I liked the ending of the Dark Tower series, but it almost would have been a better series. This is mean. It almost would have been a better series if he hadn't survived that car wreck. Uh-huh. I don't know that it wasn't bad. The rest of it wasn't bad, but it didn't need to exist the way the first three needed to. Sure. You know? It's a weird thing, too, because I feel like once you get to the point where there is all this fan pressure to finish something up, it doesn't necessarily get, like, bad. It just, it gets compromised in a certain way. You know, unless you are really, really good at not getting compromised by that kind of thing. But it's like once J.K. Rowling started writing stuff into the books that was clearly just like, shut up, internet jerks. That's why. Yeah, I think it's like, oh, less the pressure sense. than just the being aware of feedback can compromise something in a way that it's hard to address the feedback in your book without compromising the book, and it's hard to ignore it if you're a writer. Yeah, like I can understand why she put that thing in where they won the Quidditch game by like the guys got the snitch and they still lost yeah because it bothered her that everybody said she didn't know how to score quidditch 
She's like, no, 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 in my universe, this happens all the time. <laughs> that didn't bother me it's as much as the, like, explaining well. the rules as to why you can't. Like, she didn't need to explain the rules of why there are poor people in a world where you can make anything into anything else by waving a wand at it. Right? Yeah. She didn't need to establish a set of rules like, oh, well, you're not allowed to make money or food or they come and arrest you. Like, that is not a law that any sane and compassionate regime... Well, like, sorry, you're not allowed to make food. <laughs> like, right. it has to be teleported in from somewhere else. I thought that was a law as in, like, a, a law of A physics. law of nature? The yeah. one against making money, I thought, was actually, like, a law from the ministry. But right. it, regardless, it didn't need to be... Like, it... And I think I probably had... I probably objected to the idea but have have come around to the idea that like the reason that there are poor people in the Harry Potter universe is because it is an interesting story to see the dynamic between a poor kid and a rich kid on the train it's a better story yeah right and so that's why it's it's there because it is not this is not though nerds want to treat it this way like a framework for your pen and paper role-playing games where everything has to make a bunch of sense. Like, this is first and foremost a story about a kid. Yeah. Like, the idea of, of canon being a thing that you have to start adapting to is is aggravating to me. And I think it's another thing. Like, an, an overabundance of internal consistency is as bad as a complete abandonment of internal consistency. I remember reading a book, like the only book I ever read by this particular author, that started with, this book is set in the same, a very similar universe to these four other books. However, I just don't want to go and write and look up all of the shit that I wrote to make sure that everything stays consistent. So if it really bothers you, just pretend this is in a parallel universe. Yep. Fineldar says, if I check make as many as possible in the Cosmic Kitchen and then click make without selecting an item, it says, that isn't a thing that's sold here. In the spirit of Jarlsberg, I'm going to be needlessly pedantic about the fact that this isn't a store, idiot. Thank you, Fineldar. I did a bunch of custom message functionality for that kind of thing so that the buttons could say make instead of buy and stuff like that. That's not one that I dealt with. Because don't do that. Uh, oh, great and powerful wizards of code, says Star Raven. Would it be possible to set up our own alerts at login, uh, such as a reminder to remove the staff of homophones or another kind of reminder? Yes, uh, you'd put the text reminder colon in your quest log notes, and anything on that line will pop up as an alert to you when you log on. That functionality no is already there. Yep. That is slick. Uh, Pobblebonk says, when I use the black market map in Jarlsberg, it tells me about my blackbird. Where did that come from? <clears throat> Again? A wizard did it. You just have to assume maybe a blackbird is in that universe what Jarlsberg's phone is called. Right. Uh, Sporky McForganspoon is saying that what the, my, my previous financial advisor wanted me to do was something about short selling. When I switched to this new guy, I was like, I would like to not do anything that makes the world worse or that you couldn't explain to a 15-year-old. Right. Um, I hope that works. Linguini Lad says, is it still possible to use gobs of wet hair on old scratch? I believe so. Uh, Takanogo says, just writing to say thanks for the star charts update. That stuff drove me nuts each time I ascended. 
Yeah. Well, thank Mr. Magnifico because he's the person who said something about it on a day when I had a couple hours to burn. Actually, that whole thing took 22 minutes. I timed it. I feel like a couple of hours is your kind of standard go-to length of time. Yeah. Where, like, any discrete programming task? I mean... You figure it'll take a couple of hours? Yeah. I, it takes a couple of hours, but there are only two couples of hours in a day. Right. I think, so realistically, I should say four hours. It doesn't literally... I mean, that's the thing. It did not... It literally took 22 minutes to do that, because I did somewhere to go, and I was like, I bet I can finish this. But it had to be the right 22 minutes, you know? Like, if I had 220 minutes, I couldn't do 10 things that were like that. Uh, Damasta says, I know this would yeah. probably break things, but it would be nice if there was a two-handed weapon which unequipped your hands. This would help with outfits using halos and kung fu. It's understandable if this seems too useless or dangerous to code. Link me, lad, says, hatred plus violence equals loathing? Yep. Uh, yes or no, could you add quantity boxes for buying stuff at Mr. Store? No. No. I don't want to do that. I very explicitly don't want to make it possible to accidentally buy a hundred things instead of ten. Or ten instead of one. Or two instead of one. In there. Like, it's fine. This is a thing involving real money, so you should just be careful and click once. Yeah. Per thing you want to do. Um... Hey, that's all the Radio Bugbear questions. Yeah, I think, so now we're over 90 minutes. I think we're justified in uh, in signing off all right. for this one. How do we sign off? I don't even remember. And a pleasant tomorrow. No, I think we say, uh, please tune in next week. Send us questions if you'd like. Uh, there will be a thread on the forums of Loathing, forums.kingdomofloathing.com. Or in-game, you can send a message to uh, slash message... Radio Bugbear, all one word. And that will send us questions to talk about next week. Thanks for tuning yeah. Thanks for tuning in and uh, putting up with my numb tongue. And we'll talk to you next week. Good night, Mr. Skullhead, and good night, Moon. And good night, oh. listeners. <laughs>